up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Mason. How are you doing, Mason? Great, man. Another Packers win. And I'm excited to talk about it with you. Yeah, it was another Packers win. Packers are 4-0, and and we're going to get into all the uh, all the things that made that happen, and, and we're going to talk about the offense, the defense, and, and discuss some of the things we need to do heading into the bye week. Uh, so, Mason, what are your initial thoughts uh, that you had from the game? Uh, and, and just give me a little bit of a synopsis of what you thought uh, of the game overall. Offensively, obviously, you know, during the whole week, we weren't sure if Devontae was going to play. We knew Alan Lazard just had core muscle surgery, so we knew he wasn't going to play. So we knew our weapons on offense were going to be pretty limited. You know, obviously we got Aaron Jones, and he's always, you know, he's always going to be a big part of our offense. But other than that, like, we were kind of speculating who's the, who's the guy going to be. Is it going to be MVS? Is Robert Tiny going to step up again? Is it going to be, you know, Darius Shepard, Malik Taylor? We had no idea, and... Obviously, if you watched the game, you saw Robert Tanyan just absolutely go off six catches, 98 yards for three touchdowns and just kind of exploded out of nowhere. He's, you know, he already had two touchdowns going into week four, and now he's leading all tight ends in touchdowns with five. He was, you know, he was kind of the focal point. Him and him and Jamal Williams both in the passing game, just Aaron was trying to find his tight ends and, and his running backs mainly. Um, pretty sure he only had eight completions to wide receivers out of, his 27 attempts, which is only 29% of his um, his uh, completions, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a part of the game plan was just feed those running backs and feed those tight ends, and it, it worked beautifully. Aaron had a beautiful game, 327 yards, four touchdowns, and, you know, only, only had seven incompletions. So, yeah, just a crazy game from him. And, you know, the, this offense is rolling even – even without their number two and number one wide receivers, it was it was just good to see. And now we got a stud tight end that we can look forward to seeing grow even more this season. Yeah, Tanyan, you know, the thing about his game was he caught six passes and, and he was only targeted six times. So he's bringing the ball in, he's catching everything, uh, and he's obviously having a huge impact on what we do on offense. And then we all saw that cool play where he got tripped up by a DB uh, and he did a somersault type of move, and and then he got up, and no one was around, and and caught that touchdown, and and that was probably one of my favorite plays of the game, and I I think it's important for a guy like him to step up, and and somebody needed to, uh, and it was this guy who has kind of been waiting to break out, waiting to break out, and then we finally saw him do that on uh, on Monday against the Falcons, and you know it's a bright future for him in this offense uh, as long as he's the number one guy that Aaron's targeting in, in that tight end room. Especially now, we, as you guys might have saw, we lost Josiah Deguara for the rest of the season. He tore his ACL against Atlanta. Um, so that just means more targets for Robert Tanyan. And, you know, hopefully we can see, see Jays kind of grow in this offense now. And even, you know, we didn't have Mercedes last week, but Mercedes is probably going to get more playing time too without Deguara in there. It's These tight ends are going to be a big part of this offense if, you know, hopefully – we, I, I believe we do know for a fact Devontae is going to be back for the, the week six game against Tampa because he was he was already saying it was if it was up to him, he would have went, but it was a doctor's decision not to not to have him play, which was honestly kind of thankful because on the other side of the ball, Julio Jones was going through the same thing. He was I believe he had a hamstring injury coming into the to this week and he re-aggravated in the second quarter and just didn't play. And now his now his um his status is now questionable for next week. I, I have him on my fantasy team, and it says he's projected zero points for next week. So that's fantastic. And 
Um, yeah, just just kind of thankful we held out Devontae because we obviously got the dub, and you know we'll be fully healthy for Tampa in two weeks. I mean, when I when I was um, when we were previewing this game, it, it, we had the idea that Alan Lazard was going to be healthy. It was only after that when we found out that he ended up, you know, having this major injury that's going to cost him four to six weeks, and and he got this surgery. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise for all of us because he had that amazing game, 146 yards, uh, career game for him. And then you know the fact that he gets out and is uh, he has this surgery after playing through it the whole game, that was a surprise to all of us. So. We definitely were going in there with less guys than we wanted, and and even the guy that was replacing our number one, Devontae Adams, now he's out, and we're in a bit of a tough situation. Um, I mean, it was it was a it was something that we had to overcome, uh, not knowing if Devontae was going to go, knowing that Lazard was going to be out. That's that's a tough job for the coaches to kind of game plan around guys possibly not going and and this and that, and having guys that have never caught footballs in the NFL. I mean, so the fact that we were able to overcome some of those things was impressive to me uh, in terms of Matt LaFleur doing a great job and obviously Aaron Rodgers getting on the same page with those guys quickly. It was impressive. I mean, Darius Shepard and Malik Taylor only had one reception between the two um, going into this game, like career-wise. And Darius Shepard's came last year, I believe, against Detroit. So those two guys were, you know, set up to start this week. And, you know, we had Tyler Irving, too, that is now listed as a wide receiver who his whole career, he's been a running back and, a you know, mainly a return man. And he was, you know, he was our other guy. And besides MVS, um, Ron, I kind of want to talk about MVS a little bit just because he I personally thought he was going to be the guy to go off if there was someone to from our wide receiver quarter, you know, have a big game. And it kind of didn't happen. He had four catches, 45 yards. Um, on eight targets that's he only caught half of his targets and the play that stuck out to me Brian was um, Aaron was targeting him in the end zone and Aaron had a beautiful pass to him for a back shoulder but I I don't think MVS was you know expecting that back shoulder pass or he just kind of you know kept running and thought he could maybe moss the receiver and he ended up just going up with one hand and trying to pull it in really awkwardly yeah and there's some chemistry issues going on with MVS and A-Rod right now even though out of training camp, Arod was really hyping MVS up. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but at least we got Robert Tanyan. I think, I think that Aaron's forming a really good chemistry with him right now. Yeah, the thing with MVS and that play was definitely one of those where you wanted to see him come down with that. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers only had six incompletions, and MVS had four of them, uh, catching only four of eight passes. A lot of the work that was done in the passing game was, you know, there was a couple plays where MVS got held or, or interfered with, and, and then they moved the chains, and that was his biggest gains really in the passing game. Other than that, I mean, they've, you know, MVS, it's hard because he's so inconsistent, but then there's a time when you, we have Devontae Adams, we have Alan Lazard, and then he'll just, you know, sneak a bunch of nice plays in behind those two guys, and, and it's more difficult when he's that number one wide receiver and, and they're covering him like it, uh, and I think that's definitely part of the problem. But we didn't see that with Alan Lazard, uh, you know, against the Saints. I mean, he did a phenomenal job without Devontae Adams to get open against some of these good corners that they have and, and a good secondary with guys like Janoris Jenkins, you know, Marcus Lattimore, uh, other guys, Williams in that backfield as well. So, I mean, MVS clearly hasn't taken that step yet that we're looking for for him to be a, a true contributor um, by himself. 
but I still have faith in him to be a nice third guy for us. Uh, but he's going to be have, he's going to have to be this number two now with with Lazard out a few weeks and and Devontae, I'm sure will be back uh, in week six. Um, so yeah, for now that's that's what we've got. But the ability to spread the ball around with these running backs and, and the tight ends is kind of making up for what we don't have a wide receiver, and, and that's what we're all hoping for. So I'm pretty happy with, with how the offense is playing and how we're distributing the ball as well. One last thing I noticed about the offense was just, you know, utilizing the, the running backs as well as the tight ends in the um, in the passing game. Jamal Williams had eight catches for 95 yards. That was, that was a huge game from him. He, he was not very effective on the run. Um, he only had 10 yards on eight carries, not, not very impressive, but him in the passing game, he had that, um, that long 29 yarder on, I believe it was on the right side of the field where he had a fantastic catch on kind of like a wheel slash fly route. That was, that was really impressive. Kind of reminded me of the Aaron Jones catch against the lions two weeks ago. And, um, Aaron Jones, again, you know, he caught that touchdown on the first drive. That first drive was all about him. He he had a bunch of big runs and then tapped topped it off with a nice touchdown catch wide open. Uh, he ended the day with five catches and 40 yards. Just, um, Brian, do you have any thoughts? Just was it, was it part of the game plan since we didn't have Lazard and Devante just to get these guys, get these guys going with the tight end? Yeah. As well? Yeah. I definitely think the, the, at least from opposing defenses perspective, the idea was that they were going to throw to Aaron Jones a lot without Devante. But what the Packers really did was incorporate Jamal Williams more than Aaron Jones. He had more he had more snaps than than Aaron Jones, and and they used him in the passing game. They split him out wide, had him in line, catching balls out of the backfield, whatever it was. Uh, he did a fantastic job uh, catching everything that that came his way. And these and, and Aaron Jones did the same thing, uh, but they just kind of switched it up a little bit uh, in order to kind of gain an advantage, even without Devontae Adams. So for both of those guys to be catching the ball in all different areas of the field is so invaluable. I mean, it, it changes our offense. It's it's something that nobody else is doing. Nobody's got running backs, especially two of them like we do, that can, you know, go for 100 yards. I mean, both of them have done that in the past – well, have been close to doing that in the past. Uh, and obviously Aaron Jones is an insanely good threat to run the football as well. Jamal can run the ball well at times too, but uh, his obvious uh, con- contribution comes from the passing game and the run blocking, pass blocking aspects. But um, yeah, both of those guys have been just spectacular for us. And I really think that their contributions have been just key for our success on the field for sure. I think the biggest moment for the offense this week was, uh, you know, g- going towards the two minute warning in the first half. Um, Rodgers ended up hitting Tanya for that first touchdown. I believe it left two minutes and something on the clock. And um, the defense had a nice stop. And I believe, you know, Aaron had an, a minute something and a couple timeouts. And, you know, we capitalized again. Aaron hit Robert Tanya again for a touchdown. And that was a 13-point swing in the game going into half at 20-3. to That was – the defense was playing pretty solid. Obviously, um, only holding them to three points and a half is a major upgrade from what we've been doing – you know, all season. And that drive just kind of showed Aaron Rodgers' excellence there. He kind of used a bunch of guys. I'm pretty sure that's where Darius Shepard's really nice um, 19-yard catch happened. And I think Malik Taylor had a little part of that drive as well. Ryan, can you just touch on Aaron Rodgers' game? Because he obviously had a phenomenal game. Yeah, this was one of the best of his season, and, and he just continued his excellent play, his MVP caliber play. Um, 
I mean, he, he only, like I, like I said, he only had six incompletions and that's, you know, that's not an everyday thing for a quarterback that throws the ball downfield as much as he does. So, I mean, the fact that we were able to catch the football from the wide receiver position, the tight end position, the running back position, we didn't, we didn't have any drops as far as I can remember. And and that's so key to Aaron Rodgers actually getting those stats and having success and, and us as an offense, moving the ball downfield and scoring. Um, so I thought the fact that our receivers were able to catch the ball that he threw, um, and, and he just, you know, he didn't miss much, if at all. Uh, he had a fantastic game once again, and I'm, I've mentioned this a couple times over the course of the week, but I think that game put him at the front of the MVP conversation, especially with the way that uh, the Dolphins kind of kept it close with the with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson only threw two touchdowns, had a pick as well. Um Rodgers still has zero picks. I mean, this guy does not turn the ball over, and he throws 13 touchdowns in four games. You're talking about this is blatantly the best start of his career, and it's it's mind-boggling how excellent he's playing and with the fact that he's now as old as, obviously, he's 36. I mean, he wasn't playing this statistically good ever at any point in his career, and so far this is – a fantastic start for him and and our whole offense is playing at a high level. We've scored the most points in the league so far. And, and it starts with Aaron Rodgers, And and that's why we are the best offense in the national football league through four weeks. Yep. Aaron Russell and uh, Josh Allen are the three front runners for MVP right now. And I mean, Russell's Russell has a couple picks this year. Josh Allen has a couple picks this year. Aaron is still flawless on, I believe is it 13 touchdowns he has this year. And, over a thousand two hundred yards. I mean, he is he is on pace for a great year, and you're just gonna have to keep up with Russell because Russell's Russell's having a fantastic year, and both teams are four and zero. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate we didn't uh, we unfortunately lost our forty points per game status after this week, but still dropping at least thirty every game is very impressive through the first four weeks. I mean, yeah, our offense is high-powered. It's it's multiple. It's complex. Uh, there's too many variables for teams to really really stop us in any way because, you know, a basic team would have a running back running the football, tight ends catching the ball, blocking, whatever, right, and, and receivers, you know, doing their thing, catching the football. But our offense is so complex. We've got guys doing all different things, so many different responsibilities, flexibility with the positions that they play. Um, just, we have offensive weapons. We don't have position players. Our, our guys are, they play all over the field just based on the scheme that we have. Our motion throws teams off every week. And one thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that we have maybe so far the best offensive line in, in the national football league through four weeks. Those guys are playing so impressive football. It's just, they are blocking everything. Uh, the sacks that we have allowed really aren't even their fault because the protection is there and, and a guy just gets free uh, based on a defensive blitz or whatever the case is. But, I mean, our offensive line, it starts with David Bakhtiari, who has been flawless. Corey Lindsley is having maybe his best year as a pro. Uh, Bill Turner's having a good year. Uh, Rick Wagner has been in at times, and, and he's played excellent football. Elton Jenkins is still playing great football. I mean, so the guys that we've got there are playing good and they're playing even better as a unit. And that's the most important thing. And, and they're protecting the future of the franchise with Aaron Rodgers. And and uh, that's really the biggest part of why we're having success, because they're blocking in the run and the pass. 
and it's allowing us to score all the points that we've got. Yeah, you talking about the offensive line just reminded me. We had that drive where, you know, Matt LaFleur is just – he keeps being unique. He he sent out six offensive linemen for like – I think it was like three or four plays of that drive. He had um, – I believe Rick Wagner was was the sixth man. He just, you know, lined him up on the right or the left, whatever way we were running. And then I believe on the third play we ended up passing and just kind of threw off the Falcons' offense and picked up a big game there. It just, just shows Matt LaFleur just keeps being creative every single week. We have not seen the same thing you know go go from week to week it's different every week and it's working it's just super impressive yeah and I think another thing that like the same way you mentioned how things are changing every week we once again saw that motion uh that we've been doing with guys like uh MVS and and Tyler Irvin coming through you know post snap uh with a chance for Rodgers to, to touch pass it to them but we haven't seen it really as much since uh since that week one victory against Minnesota uh, we only see the fakes of it and, and the motion that throws them off to kind of get guys open and move defensive players around the field. Um, so I, I still would like to see more of that, especially when we're missing Devontae, Alan Lazard. You know, it makes it harder to pass the ball downfield. Um, so I think, you know, on Monday night, it would have been a good time to include more of that stuff that, that gave Aaron Rodgers, you know, passing ability. Uh, while still it's just a short pass to guys like Tyler Irvin to, to get some, some nice yardage. Um, but we, we were able to pass the ball downfield, and, and it was a successful game for the passing game and, and, the, and the running game as well. Uh, so like, like I said, if we ever find ourselves struggling uh, in either the run game against some of these good teams like Tampa Bay that will play in week six or the passing game at any point, uh, that might be the time when we start to reincorporate the actual giving of the ball to those guys that are going through motions and, and uh, that, that are going to get the ball and, and run up field with it. So I, I think week six might be one of those times where you see it come back and, and actually utilized. Crazy to say, but in the Matt LaFleur era, the Packers are six and no without their top wide receiver, Devonta Adams. And you know, last week was the same thing. And I just feel like this offense is going to be even more dangerous once we get him back and for Tampa. And then eventually down the line, we'll get, EQ back hopefully we haven't seen him in so long it's been two years he missed all of last season and he hasn't played a single down this year and then Alan Lazard whenever he's ready from his from his core surgery it hopefully in like a month or two he'll be back this this offense has weapons and it's it's deeper than people think and and now we got Robert Tanyan like I said earlier he's kind of looking like a stud tight end this this offense is set for a for some for some good football down the year down the season yeah, and it starts with our defense, which we're going to get into a little bit here. Um, our defense, it started with Z this week, and, and he had his his best game of the season. Uh, you know, he, he had a lot of pressures, and he got home a lot of times, too. He ended up with three sacks. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He he had a phenomenal game. He was disruptive. Uh, and, and like I said on, on the last episode, the key for our defense to kind of separate itself from the Falcons offense and give us give us a chance to avoid a shootout and get a big win was the pass rush getting home a few times and, and stalling drives, and which it did. It started with Z. Preston had a better football game. He's still not quite where we, where we want him to be. Last year, obviously, he had double-digit sacks. This year, he's only got .5 sacks. Um, so he's not quite where we want to be, but he's playing better, and, and last game was evidence of that. But Zadarius Smith had his best game of the year, and, and we needed that. And we need we need Kenny Clark to come back too. 
And once we're at full strength on that D-line, I'm, I'm confident in our ability to kind of rebound as a whole unit, as a, as a defensive unit. I, I think once we're back to full strength after this bye week, which we desperately need to get healthy, uh, I think we're going to be in a good position to start, uh, you know, stopping guys at, at a at a better rate. Uh, and it's especially important when we start with this Tampa game in week six against that Brady-led offense with those weapons that they have, it's going to be important to get him on the ground and, and, you know, slow them down. So I think that's the biggest aspect of our aspect of our defense. And, uh, and we're going to have to see good play like this that we had on Monday night going into the, the few weeks next to the season. Another guy that had a huge game was Jair just absolutely shutting down Kevin Ridley. Kevin Ridley coming into this week had was averaging over a hundred yards per game. And, you know, he had a touchdown in every single game coming into this week as well. And, Zero catches, zero touchdowns, obviously, on five targets. Jair absolutely shut him down as long as, as well as this defense. Um, I just thought that was super impressive. And then, you know, Julio, even when he was in, only had 32 yards. That The secondary played very good. Just the only, the only thing I noticed when I was watching was just, you know, we were struggling to wrap Todd Gurley and Matt Ryan behind the line. I felt like Todd Gurley could have had a – very less of a good game than he did, you know, with those two touchdowns. But there's a couple of plays where Z had him behind the line and he was able to get back to the line of scrimmage. And there were some times where I thought we could have had some more sacks on Matt Ryan, but he was able to escape and, you know, get some get some yards on the ground. But that was it. Tackling looked better than last week. And, you know, the secondary in general has looked very good compared to, you know, the first three games of the year. Yeah, this was the secondary's biggest test of the year so far. Uh, having three guys that that have been playing well for them, including Russell Gage and the two guys you mentioned, Julio and Calvin Ridley, um, you know they've got a potent offense, and and we were able to hold them to 16 points. And that you should win a game that you hold a team to 16 points, and we did, 30 points. Uh, you know that was enough, and and we beat them by two touchdowns. And if we can play that kind of football on the defensive side, you know we didn't even create a turnover this week, and and we were still able to hold them to 16. Um, and, and that was the key factor for us, getting home, getting sacks, and then shutting guys down in the passing game. A lot of it was coverage sacks, coverage pressure. Uh, that led to some of those broken plays for the Falcons offense and, and gave us a great chance to win. Um, and that's all the defense needs to do because when Aaron Rodgers is playing as good as he is at an MVP level, best quarterback in the league level, uh, our defense just needs to kind of shut teams down at times and give Aaron Rodgers the football back let him go to work, let the offense go to work with Aaron Jones and the guys. And that's a recipe for winning each and every week. Since we're talking about the secondary, Brian, let's, let's just go over a couple injuries that we saw to their secondary. Uh, we saw Chanis Sullivan go out with a concussion. Um, he was out for the game. Um, as long as the concussion protocol goes all right, I'm guessing he'll be fine in two weeks for the Buccaneers game. But the other one was Kevin King. Brian, can you tell us anything about Kevin King's injury? Yeah, so Kevin King, he went out with uh, with a quad injury. He left the game, didn't come back. Josh Jackson kind of filled in for the last uh, for the last couple quarters or whatever he was out. But uh, yeah, hopefully his injury isn't too severe. We're gonna need him for for that matchup with Tampa Bay and all the weapons they've got. And the same thing with Chandon. If if he's got a concussion, he shouldn't be out for the full two weeks and not be able to play in Tampa. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a guy we need obviously too. Uh, they've got good weapons like uh, a young guy they've got that uh, playing out of the slot that's, that's playing good football is Scotty Miller. Uh, and I think Chandon can can match up well with him. Uh, and obviously they've got those two guys, Mike Evans 
uh, and Chris Godwin, who we're not sure what his status is going to be because uh, he is dealing with an injury, likely won't play this week. But uh, he is uh, he's another good receiver, and they've got they've got guys that are going to catch the football at a high level, uh, including those tight ends. OJ Howard actually uh, is out for the year, but uh, they've still got Gronkowski, whatever level of play he's sitting at now, um, and they've got Cameron Brait, who's a, a good red zone weapon. So they've got guys. Uh, and we're going to need our secondary to be at full strength if we want to win that football game. Another guy that went out during the game was Chris Barnes, our middle linebacker, who's been playing absolutely phenomenal, an undrafted guy. Um, according to PFF, he's actually ranked as the third-ranked linebacker out of 84 in, in tackling with, with an 86.5 grade, which is very phenomenal because he's, according to PFF as well, he's missed zero tackles, um, and he has 17 solo tackles this year. And that's on very little playing time. When Christian Kirksey was in, he was – He's getting barely any snaps, and he's kind of he's kind of balling out right now, and he's kind of what we need in that middle. Christian Kirksey wasn't doing it for us, and still unfortunate that Kirksey got hurt. But this Chris Barnes guy might be a, a like an absolute steal of an undrafted signing. This guy's looking like he could start for us in the future. Yeah, I think uh, I think he was part of the reason why our tackling was better this week uh, than it was in, in weeks prior, especially that Saints game with Alvin Kamara running up and down the field, but. Um, like like you said, he hasn't missed a tackle, and that's valuable for us, uh, for the defense. He's getting stops. He's he's filling that middle and 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 stopping guys coming in. So without Kenny Clark in there to to rush the passer and stop the run in the middle, the middle linebacker position for us is, is even more important. Uh, and they're they're right now doing the job, and they're doing a fine job at it. Uh, and Ty Summers had a nice game too. He you know nothing outlandish in terms of bad plays. So, you know, we've got enough guys to kind of hold the fort down without Christian Kirksey um, and, and without really a, a true starter in the mix. Chris Barnes is doing well enough to kind of keep us afloat there. And how about the, the safeties? We've a couple of past podcasts, we've been talking about how our safeties haven't been playing really well. But, and I thought Amos made a kind of a game clinching play. I wouldn't say game saving because we were up two scores, but um, on that fourth and ten, um, Matt Ryan had his receiver pretty much wide open for the for the touchdown, and Amos kind of close on that super quickly. Ball was a little thrown, little underthrown, but you know Amos slapped it out of his hands and you know gave us the ball back with you know a little bit of time on the clock, enough enough time to you know for Aaron to run it out, and finally you know we've been we've been talking like I said, safeties haven't been playing good, but that was a huge play by Amos at the end there. Yeah, I thought Amos had his best game of the year, and, and Savage had a nice game as well. Both of those guys kind of rebounded from what they've been doing this year, which is not playing to the level that we expect them to. Uh, Amos, I thought, you know, he looked like the guy that we signed uh, back in last March. Uh, so, you know, it was good to see him back uh, playing at where we want to see him, and, and Savage being that free-range guy. He had a, he had a pass breakup uh, early in the game. Uh, actually, the first uh, first drive for the for the Atlanta Falcons that uh, that actually ended in a uh, in a in a three and out. So yeah, if both of those guys are playing good football for us, it's going to be a lot better for us in terms of teams passing down the field. Brian, so obviously next week is our bye week, week five, kind of early for my liking. I do like a normal, you know, like week eight or nine, right in the middle of the season bye week. But you know, like always, I feel like we have a very early week off and. But we do play the Buccaneers the following week at 325. And these next four games 
kind of I'm, – I'm not sure what to think about it because we got Tampa. Tampa is obviously not a, not a bad team. But then we played Houston. Houston is currently 0-4, freshly off of firing Bill O'Brien. Um, not sure how that game is going to go just because they have Deshaun Watson. But obviously the Packers are playing phenomenal football right now. Shouldn't be a problem. And then after that, we play Minnesota for the second time. Minnesota still only only one in three at the moment. Haven't really recovered from from our loss. I think they just got their first win against the Texans last week. And then um, to wrap off this next four game stretch, we have the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football. So, Bron, can I can just get a prediction out of you from the Bucks, Texans, Vikings, Niners? What do you think that stretch is going to look like for us? Well, let me just start with saying, you know, th- these next few weeks coming up are going to be interesting, especially this one coming up without, um, you know, without a game. We're going to see two games starting on Thursday night that are going to be uh, interesting for us uh, from our standings perspective, NFC North, NFC standings. Uh, it starts with Tampa Bay versus the uh, the Bears, who are 3-1. and one. Both teams are actually 3-1. and one. So that is going to be an interesting game. The Bears look like a much worse team than the Buccaneers and the Packers and the rest of the kind of the contender-looking group in the NFC. Uh, but they do have three wins, and they're they are going to be competitive. Nick Foles is their quarterback, so look at that however you will. But uh, I think that's going to be an interesting game. And then the other one is it involves Minnesota and the and the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night. And I think that game is going to be interesting in terms of where we'll stand and where those teams stand. Because if Minnesota loses that game, you're talking about that's a, like a season ending. That that's it for them, really. Their playoff hopes are kind of. They're kind of squashed at that point. And Seattle, you know, we'd like to see them lose a game, obviously, for our standings purposes, seeding purposes, et cetera. So uh, those are going to be interesting games. But when I'm looking at our our schedule these next coming weeks, uh, Tampa Bay, I do think that's probably going to be our toughest matchup, and I don't see us blowing them out. It's going to be, you know, that Rodgers versus Brady matchup we never thought we'd see again. Um, cause you know, Brady is getting older, looking like he's going to retire in the next few years. Who knows at this point, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a tougher matchup, but I still expect us to win because of how much better our offense is than any defense that we match up against. And I think our defense can string plays together to kind of take advantage of an offensive line in Tampa that isn't as good as they would like it to be. And if our pass rush comes together after this bye week, like we think it did, in Atlanta, I think that that should be a win. And then, you know, our next game after that is in Houston. I mean, that's a game that we should win, but they've got a great quarterback, but I do expect us to win that game. Uh, we'll see Randall Cobb there. Um, and then we've got the Vikings again. We'll have to see. I mean, that's a divisional game. Those can always go either way. Uh, but if they're sitting at like one and five or whatever at that point, then we might have to, you know, give it an automatic win type thing. But if they, if they win a few games in a row and start to get hot, uh, we'll have to see. I still think we'll win the game. 49ers, that's obviously an interesting game. They've beaten us twice in big ways. We have to see how healthy they can get. Jimmy Garoppolo, he returned to practice this week. Uh, they've struggled at quarterback without him. So we'll see. We have to see how they play against some of these other teams. That obviously could be a loss because of the way they match up against us, and they've got tons of weapons down the field, and they run the ball. Uh, which most teams don't in the National Football League, and, and they run the ball at a high level, and that's something that can stifle us a little bit. So we'll have to see. But I do expect us to win every game, you know, 
because we are just, I think we're the best football team in the NFC. So I, I don't expect us to be losing games at this point. So if you asked me, I would say we're going to go 4-0. Uh, but in the, in the NFL, you can lose any given Sunday, as cliche as it, as it sounds. So that's, that's pretty much what I think. Yeah, I just wanted to keep, you know, our, our thoughts in these first, you know, these next four games, just because I don't want to look at the, the whole rest of the season, just because it's so unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen with us or any other of these teams. But looking at it right now, Brian, like our toughest, our toughest opponents are the 49ers, you know, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. I mean, that's not that scary of a stretch. Um, we play the Titans at the very end. And we play, you know, the Niners and the Colts right in the middle of the season. But still, this our our season schedule is isn't looking like too daunting, too tough. I feel like we can really keep rolling because there is only one um bye week this year or one team that gets a bye in the playoffs for both conferences. They they obviously extended the playoffs to seven teams, meaning only that first seed gets the bye. And it's gonna be a race. I mean, us in Seattle are four and oh. Um, and we're going to have people trailing us as well. You know, the Niners are going to obviously go on a roll once they get every, everyone healthy again. So we we got to win a lot of games this year if we want to do have that bye. But, you know, since it is our week five bye week, we should probably talk about just us in general. Um, this offense is crazy. I feel like our offense is the best I've seen personally since 2014. We're putting up enough points to be compared to that 2014 offense and that 2011 offense as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers is on pace for a crazy year, an MVP type year. Aaron Jones is on pace for another thousand yard year. Um, needless to say, we're doing this all in the past two weeks without Devontae Adams. And we've developed a, another star wide receiver too, Alan Lazard, who unfortunately is going to miss another month because of his injury. Um, Robert Tanyan coming out of nowhere. Do, like, do we have a, do we finally have a tight end that's, you know, going to be considered maybe top, 10 in the league. I mean, we've, we've struggled to find tight ends in the past. We've, we went through Jimmy Graham, Martellus, Martellus Bennett didn't work. We didn't resign Jared Cook. Is Robert Tanya the, the next year Michael Finley of this offense? Is, is Rogers finally going to have a uh, tight end that he can trust? Um, and then looking on the defensive side of the ball, we just, all we got to work on is just, you know, tackling. We, in the Saints game, it was dreadful, our tackling, but, you know, we, we found a way to win that game against Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer. And then, you know, just one week one week apart from that against the Falcons, our tackling looked, you know, pretty solid. Just a couple couple struggles on tackling Todd Gurley, but that's it. I mean, the secondary is playing really well. Jair and Kevin King look like a top 10 duo in the NFL when it comes to corners. Zadarius just had his best game of the year. He is, you know, he already has five sacks this year. It's only week four. He is, that signing is going to go down as um Goot's best one of his best for sure um Brian just just help me continue on this rant what do you think we got to improve on if anything all right so I mean yeah the bye week is definitely about self-reflection self-scouting and that's what Matt LaFleur and the guys will do Rodgers will do it but when you're going this good and when you're doing this well, especially on offense, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint things that I would say we need to improve on or things that we have to implement, uh, things like that. I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about yet today and something that has been quite, kind of a storyline all year is that we have struggled in, in fourth down 
goal to go short situations and it starts with Matt LaFleur. I think he's had some some bad play calls. Uh you know, close to the goal line, fourth and goal, whatever it is, short short yardage. We've had a lot of bad play calls and and it's mostly because we like to just for whatever reason try to run the ball uh countless times with either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Um and on an inside zone uh, with Rodgers in the shotgun, and it just doesn't work, and it hasn't worked. And Matt LaFleur said it was a bad play call uh, this past week in Atlanta, or excuse me, this past week uh, versus Atlanta. Uh, so I think that's the one thing we have to improve on on offense. It's it's getting better when we need to get that fourth down short yardage situation and we need to convert. Uh, on most, uh, on most other fourth downs, when it's like fourth and two, fourth and three, even third and long, I mean, we've converted in the passing game pretty consistently as opposed to last year when we struggled on third down and fourth down all season long this year, we're converting everything and, and, and we're catching a lot better. You know, the, the guys are catching the ball out of the backfield. We're catching the ball in line with the tight ends. And then the receivers are catching the ball as well. The drops have gone away. Uh, it seems so the offense for me is looking pretty good. That's just the one thing we have to kind of get better at. You're right, Brown. We saw last week, we saw um, Jermon Williams get stuffed at the goal line against Atlanta. We saw a couple of failed fourth downs against the Saints. I'm pretty sure there was a goal line stop against the Lions too. That's that's a bunch of points off the board from an already super high, high scoring offense in the Packers. I mean, we were scoring 40 points per game going to Atlanta, and now we're scoring like 37 points per game. I mean, that's... Just to say that we've lost points off of you know going for it on fourth down is is crazy to say because our our offense has already been you know that high scoring. Um, Brian, do you want to touch on anything defensively? I know I touched on it a little bit with you know Zadarius and Jair, Kevin, and the secondary finally coming along, but there, I feel like there might be a little more to talk about for our defense. I think it's 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 the fact that we've gotten off to a slow start. Uh, but I look at the landscape of the NFL, and it seems like the entire league um, is, is kind of struggling and, and is behind the way the offenses are playing in the NFL. Uh, when you look across the league, defenses just aren't playing as well as other teams' offenses. Uh, the best statistically defense in the league right now is the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, that's a, that's a team that you didn't expect to have the best defense uh, through four weeks. Uh, and it looks like they do. So having a defense that can play at a high level is going to be valuable heading into these later weeks of the season. And I and we have to bounce back, and we have to kind of collect ourselves and become that team that we were last year that got all the turnovers that we wanted to get. So far, that, that's been the theme. We haven't gotten as many turnovers as we did last year, uh, and we're still winning games because our offense is playing so good. But last year, our defense was was successful in that it would bend but didn't break and got turnovers at crucial times, and that's why we went 13-3. and Now we're 4-0 because our offense is playing at an extremely high level. We've got the ball. We lead the league in time, and time of possession, and our defense is not on the field much because they are either allowing quick scores at times or they're getting three and outs. Once in a while, they'll get a turnover, but – the fact that we're not turning the ball over is amazing for us. And our defense does have to get more turnovers if we want to be successful and just be a better unit overall. 
But I think that will come over time. I think the the whole lack of an offseason thing that everybody has talked about a ton, I think that's had an impact on the way defenses approach the game and, and offenses have just gotten to a hotter start because they know what they're doing and defenses kind of have to dictate off what other teams are doing and that's going to be a slower start schematically. So, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing for now is to is to just get up to speed with the way the offense is playing and that can make us a more complete football team and a team that can be successful uh, in December, January, and hopefully February. Yeah, we haven't seen this defense cause a lot of turnovers, but, you know, enough to enough to allow our offense to obviously outscore the opposing team's defense and win games. I mean, that's all that matters, but I feel like this defense will eventually turn around and, you know, start causing more turnovers and, get Aaron that ball back in his hands and we can even score even more points. It's it's I, I feel like we can only go up from here. We got playmakers on defense. Zadarius is going to keep getting at him. You know, Jair is going to come down with more picks at the secondary. I mean, those, those safeties are finally going to catch their groove eventually here and start causing even more plays. I mean, and you know, who, who knows what we got in the middle with, with, uh with our middle linebackers is I feel like that Chris Barnes guy is going to, I think he's going to be our savior in the middle there. If if Christian Kirksey isn't playing good once he gets back, I mean we got we got we got some things to fix up definitely, but at least we got some promise like like guys like Kingsley Kiki, Chris Barnes as, as I have as he said, they, some just some guys in that that front seven, young guys that you know we can probably count on for the for the rest of the year. It's I'm I'm excited for the growth of our defense. I feel like it's going to come eventually, and you know we just got to. You know, got to watch it. It's only been four weeks. We're four and zero. Can't can't complain about anything, honestly. Yeah, we we can't complain. I mean, four and zero. Rogers looks as good as ever, and and that's really all you could ask for. Just we know that as a football team, regardless of how the defense plays, we're gonna have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year when Aaron Rodgers is playing his best football, and this year it looks like he is. So that's encouraging enough, and it looks like, I mean, this could be the best defense we've had in a while. Um, we have to be where we were at last year for that to be the case uh, and to give us a chance to win the Super Bowl and go to the Super Bowl and, and win playoff games. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's where we need to be, and I think we can get there. All right, Brian, good discussion, man. And as, obviously, as we said this whole podcast, Packers have a week five bye, so we will not be playing this week. But, uh, you know, as Bron said, there are a couple games to watch. Bucks at Bears. Um, that's Thursday night. I'm not sure if this podcast will be out by the time that game's played, but that one is definitely something to watch, both teams being 3-1. and one. And then on Sunday night, uh, Vikings-Seahawks. Obviously, Vikings being our division rival and the, the Seattle Seahawks as the only undefeated team left in the NFC besides us. Um, both big games. Definitely, definitely a couple – I mean, you can't complain about football on Sunday, even if the Packers aren't playing. I, I'm going to be sitting my butt on the on the recliner all day just watching it. Um, but we will actually be back next week with a Packers versus Buccaneers preview. We, you know, we normally do record, you know, both segments in one podcast, but we're just going to split it up this time, and we'll be back with a full preview of the Packers-Bucks game. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!